What's up, you guys? Welcome to the April 13th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready for part one of our playoff preview on Friday the 13th. So some scary, we talked some scary Terry and some other stuff. Uh, with me to do so, uh, the man out east, my man in Amsterdam, not quite that far east. Uh, Tommy Beer in <laughs> NYC, what's up, man? What's up, my friend? Pump for these playoffs, brother. Finally, no more, no more Grizzlies and Suns injury reports. <laughs> yes, for that reason alone, it's cause to celebrate. Yes, it really is. Oh God, I'm, I'll never forget the Suns and Grizzlies, man. But success, <laughs> they, they did the tanking. <clears throat> okay, let's hop into this. So we're basically going to do talk about each series, players that we think are going to do well, lineups to watch for, uh, who's going to win, you know, this other stuff, and just things we picked up along the way. So hopping right in this, let's talk Toronto. So the first thing with Toronto you think about is their second unit's amazing. They're the number two unit with at least 600 or 230, 265 minutes or whatever it is. It's like 33 lineups. Number two behind the Sixers. So the main question is, and Casey said he's going to try to treat it like a regular season kind of a thing. So do you think, and they also shortened Kyle Lowry's minutes a lot this year from where they were last year. So, like, Lowry and DeRozan, do you think they're going to come up, or do you think they're going to kind of play it straight for the regular season? That's kind of the big question. Yeah, it's a tricky kind of situation for the Raptors. I mean, typically in the postseason, depth is not as important as it is during the, the regular season. Um, guys usually shorten their rotation to, you know, eight, nine guys. Um, you know, sometimes just seven guys playing, you know, 20-plus minutes. Um, that has that certainly hasn't been one of the reasons for the Raptors' success has been their has been their their reliance on their depth. So um, I think we'll take Casey at his word and kind of assume that they'll go with a similar rotation. I think Lowry and, and DeRozan will get um, a couple more minutes a game, um, but I definitely think he'll make sure he gets Van Vliet, um, you know, plenty of time and right, um, and just kind of figure out ways to, to to get everybody involved here. Yeah, and two years ago, going back to the summer of 2016, pretty much. There was a lot of talk of dropping Lowry's minutes to low 30s. Didn't do it. Uh, he played a career-high 37.4 last year. This year, 32.2. That's a massive, massive dip. So, like, uh, that, that's a big question to me. I, I mean, I, Kyle Lowry's good. So you want to put Kyle Lowry on the floor more. So I think he's probably going to get, like, 34, 35. And then same with DeRozan, maybe up him a couple. So that does cut from... They'll probably cut... You would think if they play Van Vliet... And right, because they play right on the wing a lot. So I think right minutes may go down. He, they even had some closing finishing lineups with Van Vliet alongside Lowry and DeRozan too. And and right, they've gone all four of those guys with the center, yeah. whether it be uh, Serge at one point. I think they did it. They did it with uh, JV, and I think they did it with Siakam once. So yeah. like that's it's crazy. And against the Wizards, who are I mean, they're not too big. They're pro, like Gortat's interesting. Um, they uh, Casey called him out yesterday for like setting hard screens, which is really his mo. Is that one five pick and roll? They run with John Wall a lot, so that's something to watch too. But yeah, I mean, I guess if we're looking for stars, I, I think Kyle Lowry is definitely a guy I'd probably key in on. Uh, I think his minutes going to go up. Um, I, I like Kyle Lowry a lot. He's healthy for a change going to the playoffs, so uh, definitely a guy I think I could see having a big against the John Wall. Maybe a little gimpy. Uh, he's produced well offensively, but defensively in the last week or so. I feel like he's been burned a couple times. So I guess if I'm going to pick a, a breakout player from the series, I'd probably pick him for the Raptors. Agreed. Yeah, I'm in a league where you got to pick one guy from each team, essentially, for, for the duration of the playoffs, and I, I picked Lowry over DeRozan. It's kind of a coin flip, um, but, I, but I figured Lowry's a little bit of a higher floor. Yep. Uh, and then do we, what about JV, though? He's coming in kind of hot. 
Yes. So, I don't know. If, I don't know if I trust him. I mean, he, I feel like he's going to be okay, but um, I, I, I feel, I feel like he can, because we've seen him go off before. And looking at his uh, his postseason, not great. I'm sorry. This season against the Wizards, 21 minutes, 9.8 points, um, and then 5.0 boards. So that's pretty discouraging stuff. But again, this is kind of earlier, so. Yeah, I still think he's going to be all right, but not a guy I really trust. Agreed. I, I think um, he's a guy that's really dependent on matchups and game flow, and uh, if he's playing well, Casey will leave him out there for a little bit longer. Um, so he's difficult to predict. Um, has a pretty high ceiling. He's had some nice games here down the stretch, um, so it's enticing in that respect, but but difficult to trust for the long term. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if he has a game one, maybe we'll flip the script on him, but yeah, for now, <clears throat> definitely a risky guy. Okay, so moving to the Wizards. Um, obviously, John Wall's the focus of this because he's coming off the injury. He hasn't been cleared to back-to-backs yet, which doesn't really matter at this point. But still, you know, a guy going into the playoffs not cleared back-to-backs is a little discouraging for when he's going to play huge minutes. We know Scott Brooks, um, perhaps no coaches. Well, with Tibbs, obviously, um, are the two coaches most associated with playing guys stupid amount of minutes. So do you think Wall's going to play like 38, 39 minutes? Yeah, I think as long as he can help. But just w- one quick thing on the on the Wizards, as we're recording this within the last half an hour or so, um, Woj reported that Jody Meeks is suspended for 25 games um, for a drug violation. So um, the Wizards could go into the series somewhat shorthanded. Um, Otto Porter, we'll talk about too. He's listed as questionable. That's a scary kind of worrisome situation. Um, he's uh, was able to participate in portions of practice. Uh, this morning, Friday morning, um, Mike Scott's dealing with concussion. He's questionable, so um, I think the you know the Walls and the Beals um, will will play all the minutes they can handle, 38, 40 minutes. I don't think it's it's on uh, it's a crazy to expect that. I, besides Wall and Beal, who are obvious, I think the number three player who has to have a good series if, if Washington makes a series of this is Kelly Oubre. Assuming that well, Porter's the third guy, but you know, well, I would say even, I would say even Oubre more, just because that second yeah. unit's so so good. I think you, you're just assuming that you know what you're going to get from Porter and Uber right. is more the wild card. Yeah, I don't really like if Porter has an okay series, I think it'll be all right. Right. But if Uber right. has one of those two, three game stretches where he shoots like two of thirty five, they're going to be just because that second unit's so good. So he has to play well to me. So um, I don't know what, if he's going to because again, he's just such a he's. He's been such a headache for really the whole second half, even beyond that. But if, if he plays well, I think they could have a big series. He's kind of like the X factor, I guess, of this whole thing. But yeah, I think Porter will be okay. A little bit worried. He's had a couple of bumps and bruises with hips and calves and quads and all these leg injuries. So um, I wouldn't trust him entirely. Plus, um, his usage is going to be down a little bit with Wallback. Um, so yep. his, his I haven't looked at his price on DFS. But um, yeah, you're pretty much kind of paying for what he did. I don't know if he's going to be that great. Yeah, I like I like Wall and Beal. I think those are the, probably the only two you could trust. And it, just that from the series, from a from a big picture standpoint, I, I think the Raptors are going to roll them here. Yeah, I um, do too. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think you know, listen, the Raptors stumbled a little bit towards the end of the season. They lost the Cavs a couple of times, which kind of deflated the, the the enthusiasm for the Raptors. But in terms of a first round series against the you know Wizards team that's had issues on and off the floor, hasn't been consistent. The Raptors, on the other hand, have been. Deadly consistent, the only team to finish in the top five in both offensive and defensive efficiency during the regular season. Um, they're a very good team, um, underestimated, I think, going to the postseason. I, I expect them to make a statement here in round one against the Wizards. Yeah, they had their game one woes. They always get blown out in game yes. one. Uh, game one, then I think they're in good shape. Yeah, I, I picked them to sweep. Uh, one other player to add, if Mike Scott's hurt, 
Uh, Markeith Morris will probably play big minutes, so he'd probably be a guy to look at in DFS. Uh, you know, tougher matchup, but uh, if he's going to play 35 minutes, he should be able to produce for you. Okay, so moving on to... This is probably the toughest series to pick. I think it's pretty much unanimous on that one. Or there's one in the West, too. But Boston and Milwaukee... <clears throat> We, we talked about matchups. We really had nothing to go on here because the only game they played without Kyrie also had no Rozier and no uh, no Horford. So we're pretty much going in blind on this one. So I would think Brad Stevens is going to put a lot of Horford on Giannis and kind of go from there. Um, so Horford's, Horford's probably my he has to play well if Boston's going to have a big series. He's, that's kind of tough. He hasn't played well lately. Uh, fantasy owners know that for sure. But, um, yeah, I... I just to cut to the prediction, I still got Boston in seven because I, I just believe in Brad Stevens and they do have depth and I think Rozier's solid and you know Kyrie's great and all, but I think Rozier has proven himself to be a you know capable starting point guard. Um, we disagree yeah, on this one. We do, we do, um, and that's no taking nothing away from from the Celtics. You make good points. There's certainly a case to be made that the Celtics um, are their favorite in Vegas, and you know they have home court advantage. They have Brad Stevens, which is a, the coaching difference difference in this is huge. I mean, you got a, a fill in and Joe Prunty against one of the best, arguably best in game coaches in the Quick, league. Quickly, Brad Joe Prunty sounds like the most interim coach name ever. A hundred percent. Joe Joe Prunty. Oh, oh, we need a coach. Oh, let's hire Joe Prunty. <laughs> Um, but uh, but yeah, Rozier's been he's been dominant, uh, dynamite. He's been terrific. Um, you know, I think 16 starts, averaging around 16 points, uh, five rebounds, four assists. So he's been great. Um, but I personally, um, entering a series, I think, you know, when especially in the NBA, I wrote about a little bit today in the dose. When the best player in the series, when you have the best player in the series, um, you have a str- you can make a strong case that you're the, that you should win the series, and that uh, in some in some you know if Kyrie was playing, you can make an argument: is it Kyrie? Is it Giannis? Um, with with Hayward and Irving not available for the Celtics, I think it's cl- obviously it's clearly Giannis, um, and I think he kind of stamps himself um, you know as a superstar in the series. You know he's he's kind of getting his feet wet. Um, he's a guy that's going to win MVPs in the future, um, and I think he's going to start. Establishing himself as, as one of the league's best player really really put a stamp on uh, on on you know his uh, you know take that next step so to speak um, in this series and I think uh, you know in addition to Middleton and, and Bledsoe um, they had some talented guys on on the perimeter as well um, that uh, that the Bucks I got the Bucks in six in this one yeah um, so quickly to <clears throat> excuse me a couple other things Jalen Brown's played well recently uh, I just want to talk about him real fast um, again come on. I'm, Basically, two career highs. He had a career high and broke it again. Um, where are we at on this? Uh, do we think Jalen Brown's this whole hot stretch is going to be a fluke or what? I'm concerned. I mean, it's difficult to, to tell with young guys in the postseason. I mean, it's similar situation for Tatum. Obviously, exceeded expectations as a rookie. Um, but uh, you know, the other thing is, in in in, in, t- in touching back with Horford, Horford too. If he's going to have to guard Giannis. That's a nightmare situation for him. You got to think that's going to impact him offensively. Um, trying to chase uh, Giannis all around the floor. Um, as we know, the the, the, the Bucks frequently have Giannis bring the ball up the court, and use him as a point forward, point center, uh, facilitate the offense. Um, so I think that the Celtics will end up using Tatum and Brown and Horford, just you know, switching guys on him, just try to keep guys fresh and and run bodies at him and also run doubles at him. Um, but uh, so we'll see. But yeah, I'm not overly optimistic about Brown and Tatum. I you could certainly make the argument that they're going to, you know, that, that that they played well down the stretch and they, they'll have some breakout games here and there. But um, from a night in, night out basis, 
Um, I just am not confident that they're going to be able to show up and consistently produce. So if I'm spending money at DFS, I'm, I'm probably looking elsewhere. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be scared to play Horford too, but I think he just overall has to play well to perform. Um, a couple, a couple other things. Uh, well. Yeah, a um, couple other things too. Um, also, I just want to add that the the Bucks starting unit has been thrashed against Boston all season. Um, they were together only for two games, but 28 minutes minus 26.4 net rating. Um, just got destroyed on defense. I uh, thought that was interesting. Um, and also, too, Malcolm Brogdon, man. Finally, the Bucks are finally, like the, what, their last game of the season was the first game they were finally healthy because yep. they had Jabari and then Malcolm Brogdon go down. Jabari, Jabari come back and then Brogdon go down. So where's Brogdon fit in this thing, just real quick? The real rookie of the year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I still think it was Dario. I, I still believe it was Dario. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> true, true. Um, I think uh, he's a, obviously a risky play, um, and I don't think he's going to get a ton of minutes. They'll ease him back as he as he works his way back into game shape. But it's a nice piece to bring up the bench. Um, so uh, I think he's a he's an interesting play. I think he's an X factor, um, and I also think Parker um, Jabari Parker played really well down the stretch. Um, over the final six games of the season, averaging almost 20 points a game, six rebounds, shooting well from the floor. Um, to me, I think he's the ex, he's the real wild card. Um, and if they can get some nice production and, and, and Brogdon and Parker can give him a spark off the bench, um, it's going to be tough for the, for the Celtics to keep up. Yeah, that lineup that I'm really curious to see, basically their best five players, Giannis at the five, Jabari at the four, Bledsoe, Middleton, and Bro- uh, Brogdon. I think that would be a fun lineup. They're going to use that a lot. That's a good five. <laughs> yeah, especially against Boston, it doesn't have really an imposing, and they wouldn't use it against probably like Monroe and those guys, but right. good situation there. Okay, so let's move on to uh, my team. Um, just to jump out in front, I'm picking the Sixers to make a run here. Um, we know Joel Embiid's out for the first game, so that puts a lot of pressure on Amir Johnson uh, and more pressure on Ersan Eliasova as well. So he's going to have to step up. Um, J.J. Redick has that back thing, but Bellinelli has been so, so good, and I said this the other day. People don't talk enough about how good of a pickup pickups Bellinelli and Urson were. That, that just makes that team so much better. Uh, totally agree. Well, first of all, don't bury the lead here. Yeah. Let the let the let the listeners know you got a scorching take via your 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 prediction here. Who do you, who, who what's the what's who's going to win the Eastern Conference? I got Philly coming out of the East, man. Uh, what, what, what was that series? I think you had to beat the Cavs relatively easy in the finals, uh, no? I think in five, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> I know, man. I'm uh, I'm all on 16-game win streak without Embiid for, you know, half of it. Uh, Simmons, I'm just so blown away with their second. Like I said, their second unit. I love second units. I know it's probably, like, kind of against the grain with playoffs. But their second unit's been so, so good. Marco Fultz coming in hot. Uh, he, I've just been so impressed by him, but... Um, I mean, they ha- I'm worried about the Heat more than I'm worried about the Cows, to be honest with you. I, I, I know that sounds insane, but... I'm happy you said that. I'm, 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 I'm picking the Cavs to go to the finals again. Um, and I think it's – I certainly wouldn't say I'm more worried about the Cavs, but I think the Heat are a very dangerous, scary matchup yeah. for the Sixers. Um, I think any – a number of different teams would have been more favorable. The Bucs or, you know, there's some other squads. The Heat are a worrisome, you know, gritty, tough, well-coached, experienced group. Um, they're going to give the, the, the Sixers some trouble, especially if Philly – if they can take game one without Embiid, um, you know, really put some pressure on Philly in game two at home, um, you know, essentially would be a must-win game for Philly. How does Simmons respond? Um, you know, if he has to make free throws, there's there's a lot of very interesting, I think that's the, of, of the games tomorrow, that's certainly the game I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, and also too, that, like I said, that their starting unit has been, with Embiid that is, 
has been tremendous all season, but they were minus 7.8 in 34 minutes against the Heat. Um, they've won their last two games, both in Miami, so a little bit of an asterisk there. But, yeah, um, just sticking with the Sixers. Ben Simmons is really the star of the show. Uh, again, coming with basically triple-double averages over this winning winning streak here. Um, yeah, James Johnson on him or what? Who do you think they're going to put on him? Josh Richardson they could put on him too. Uh, who's been... Josh Richardson should be all-NBA defense, by the way. Just going to throw that out there. He's got to at least make second team. Yeah, um, yeah I th- I think they'll put Jay Rich on him. I don't know if you need a tall body because you can go underneath screens and you don't have to challenge him on the perimeter. Um, although he kind of uses that as a runway if you if you give him too much room to get into the paint. Um, but yeah, I think they'll they'll run a bunch of different bodies on him. I think you nailed the two guys that they'll primarily put on him: yeah. um, Johnson and Jay Rich. Yeah, and then Miami, we know they're always tricky. Um, well, other let's wrap up the Sixers. I mean, do you trust Amir Johnson, or do they go small? And we'll get to talk about the Heat in a second. So, how do they fill Embiid's minutes? Amir Johnson's played kind of okay, and so is Holmes. He's played well, but I don't trust those guys. Um, I could see him going small. I could see him, you know, based on what Miami does. Um, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to buy into either of those cats. You would because think they would start big. Oh, sorry. Huh? I was going to say, you think they would start big against Whiteside, so they'll probably start Amir. But I mean, if you Olenek or Bam Adebayo, not really imposing offensive presences, so they should, I think they'll probably go small after that. So I'd be right. point being, uh, I don't trust Rashawn Holmes if he's not starting. agreed. I, I think a lot has to do with how often Spo was going to play Whiteside. I think that will partly determine um, how much Amir Johnson at Holmes we see. Segue. So he hasn't been playing in the fourth quarter. Uh, he went to the locker room in the finale. I don't know if it, he got like hit in the neck by JB or something. Um, but I didn't know what happened there. But he went in the locker room, and they were quiet about it. So I think he went to lock- – again, I'm guessing on this. He may have went to the locker room to pout, man. Uh, we saw him go off, what, three Saturdays ago. We called it BS that he's not playing and other teams in the center. Man, Whiteside, he is uh, he's something. Yeah, I feel like he's a tor- <laughs> tor- torment play for DFS. But um, I could see – if he has a bad series, this thing's over, this thing's over in four. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's good. They're going to need him to, to play well um, and kind of anchor that team because um, his per 36 were phenomenal this season. I mean, he had plenty of ups and downs. He was very frustrating due to injuries and inconsistency and limited minutes um, in, in fantasy leagues. But on a per minute basis, he put up some monster. I think it was 19 and 16 for 36 with three blocks, um, which is phenomenal numbers. And do you think they're going to start um, Dragic, Jay Rich, Tyler Johnson, James Johnson, Whiteside, what they've been kind of going with? I would think so. It's yeah. been successful down the stretch, so I, I would be surprised if they veer too far away from that. And Dragic also said that he is going to, quote, feel a little bit his knee injury that kept him out on Wednesday. So he said he's 100%. So he's playing through something. Um, so we'll see what they do. He's played through stuff before. I'm not really too worried about that. Um, curious to see what the Heat bench does because Spo loves the matchups. Um, so they, they would probably go with more size. So they may go with, like, Winslow more um, at, like, the two and the three even. So that's something I want to keep an eye on. But Wayne Ellenson coming in red hot to set the franchise record for three-pointers in a season. Um, yeah, and Dwayne Wade we haven't talked about at all yet. Um, this, this team's dangerous, man. But uh, like yes. I said, I, I, if they get through, the Sixers get through here, um, I think they can really seriously make a run. But if the Heat somehow beat the Sixers, I think they can make a run too. Yes, I think you could definitely argue whoever wins this series, even if it's a Heat, will be favored in the next series, regardless of who wins, whether it's the Celtics or the yep. or the Bucks. I think so. I think so. Uh, so last series, we want to get to here. We're kind of flying through more than I thought. Uh, so we got the Cavs and the Pacers. Uh, one thing that jumped out to me on this series when I was looking at who played, who didn't, was Miles Turner only played in one of the four games. 
That's kind of big to me for how the Cavs want to get LeBron in the rim and everything like that. Miles Turner is a 91 percentile rim defender uh, in non-post-ups, according to Synergy. So that's kind of big. I want to see how he does. Uh, Sabonis also had a pretty good series. Uh, coming in fairly hot, too. Obviously, the Patriots are playing pretty well right now. So I don't know, man. I took Cavs in seven here. Um, I, and I don't even feel strong about it, man. I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Pacers upset them. And, I, again, I know um, LeBron's playing lights-out ball right now. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be a fun series, too. I would be shocked for 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 this reason. The LeBron in his in the first round, he's won twenty one straight games. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's five straight sweeps. But time, but they're usually the one of the two seed, you know. True, valid point, and they're usually a much better defensive team. You can make a lot of listen. The fact that they finished 29th in defensive efficiency in an NBA season is is mind boggling. Um, they they are more vulnerable than they have ever been. They're playing a, a team that's better than, than the vast majority of their first-round opponents. Um, but I'm just not convinced that the, the Pacers are, are for real in terms of challenging a team with LeBron. Um, I think that the Cavs, uh, you know, LeBron enters domination mode. Um, Kevin Love, you know, there's, there's definitely some, some issues there. Will J.R. Smith knock down the shots? Uh, will they be able to defend? How do the young guys, Clarkson and Nance and those guys, you know they'll bring energy, um, but will they be effective and efficient under the bright lights of, of the big of the postseason? Um, it's intriguing, um, but I, I think the Cavs will do more than enough. I, I think I picked them in six, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went in five or six. Yeah, again, this team we don't know much about either. Uh, you look at the season matchups. Um, they, they've been, they've been, they haven't been healthy either. Talk about Miles Turner, but... So and the just, Pacers, Pacers did win three out of four games they played at the end. Yep, yep. So that's definitely a big factor too. But um, just looking at the Cavs lineups used, just to jump out a couple pieces in there. So Jay Crowder's in the most used lineup. He's not there anymore. Isaiah Thomas is number is in number two. Uh, Derek Rose is in number three, and Jay Crowder in there too. Uh, Rose is in number four. So like again, all these lineups. All, so basically, every lineup used for double digit minutes has those guys in it. Um, right. And then. And then Channing Fry and Dwayne Wade are in, in the fifth most used lineup. So pretty much, like the point is, we mentioned the three one thing. Throw it out, really. Uh, we really don't know what's going to happen here. So um, it should be fun. Yeah. All right. Um, that was pretty quick. I thought we'd be forever, but um, anything else you want to add? Like um, hot takes or maybe players that DFS wise you think are going to? You think Jabari, uh, you mentioned Jabari kind of a lot. Do you think? You, and also, um, also we didn't really talk about. So, how about LeBron? What's LeBron going to average in this series? Uh, I'm going to say 32, 9, and 8. like it. I think that's actually low. You think so? <laughs> I think he may drop like 37 or more. What about Depot? You think he's going to he's gonna be the, you know, do you think he's going to focus pretty on good. Yeah, I think 27, 5, 2 steals, something it's like that. Yeah, yeah, he'll be big time, man. He's been great. Mips got yeah. wrapped up. I mean, he's set up in a good spot. Obviously, going against that Cavs defense, there's very limited, little resistance for him to kind of tear through and, and make a lot of noise. I want to see Miles Turner play well, bad. I really Turner's, do. I think, I think he's the X factor. Yep, absolutely, 100%. He's agree. up and down all season. If he can, you know, do what he does on the offensive, he's skilled and talented enough. If he shows up, that can make a real difference for the Pacers. Yep. Keep his fouls down. Uh, I wonder if yep. they go big, big a lot with him and Sabonis. That's definitely been an option for them this year. They could. But Sabonis that, played well. He's earned minutes. Yeah. But, I mean, against the Cavs, how they shoot the three a lot. Then, and Sabonis on the island can't really defend stretch fours very well. So, it's a definitely a chess match here. True. 
Why are you buying Tyron Lue's secret defensive plan that he has? <laughs> Flip the switch, baby. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna get out of here on that. We'll be doing some West stuff a little bit later. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure, buddy.